1: Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. Today we're talking about the Lord's Supper. Article 10. Article 10, number 10. We know that it's 10 because we did 9 last time.
0: <laughs> we're going to get back into my it's, math skills. It's great. Uh, you know, if the trouble is after 10 you run out of fingers. And so well, I got toes. Yeah, we're not looking forward to that. In
1: my family, sometimes you can go to 11 mm-hmm. on your fingers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Harry <laughs> So Craig uh, if, they, if people want to reach us by phone
1: uh, Yeah you can call us on our Skype God Whispers hotline We've got a, <laughs> a red line. phone that Blinks and then we go down to The bat Cave and do stuff down there Every code 626 593 7713 or Manly Doctors 13 our favorite—that's DRS. Not don't spell it all out. <laughs> yeah, no You'll end up with a lot of extra numbers. You'll
0: end up texting somebody by accident.
1: You'll be calling—I uh, uh, don't know—Afghanistan or yeah. something like that. Yeah.
0: At uh, for email, it's Godwhispers at gmail dot com, and uh, on the web, godwhispers.com will get you there. And uh, I—I've got the prototype for the new website. Really? Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Faster loading, can download directly from the site. Wow. Uh, it's going to be good. You, uh, you're using the iWeb? No, uh, no, no, we're, no, I'm, 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 I'm moving, I'm changing my neighborhood. Wow. I'm going to go to a new neighborhood. Wow. Got my tech guys working on it and uh, we've got a new server. It's fast. It's sleek. we you uh, using the iWeb software to make it? No, 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 not, no, no. Not even that. We're using, we're using, what, WordPress? You're going high end. Going high end. Yeah. We're, 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 we're going, we're. We're going Cadillac now. This is this is you know this is our second year. This is the second right. This is the that's second right. year of God whispering. So it's about time that we we, we should uh,
1: have had our anniversary program, but we we got lazy. I don't know. We didn't do that. I, I Twitter is pretty active. I've noticed.
0: Well, that's because so, I tweet. Yeah. On the uh, you notice what I've been doing though. I I, I got an idea. I, these technologies come my way, and then I have to try to figure out what to do about them. How to make or them do with them. No, not how to make them better. How to use them. <laughs> And you know, Twitter, I still don't get Twitter. I was trying to write haiku for a while, and uh, that was kind of interesting. But, but if you do the math, haiku and 140 characters don't really work. You always come up way too, way too short. So I, I stopped that. And then I discovered that was, that's, that's, that's already been there, done that on, on Twitter. But I, I had an idea, and that is to take the topic of the week. Topic of the week. Whatever, which is? whatever we post on a Monday. Okay, you know, so, so like when this oh, show go- when, when this show goes up, it's going to be the Lord's Supper, and look for interesting quotes from the Confessions or elsewhere on that topic, and just just tweet those. So it's kind of like a supplement, and that's actually kind of cool. I, I'm I'm kind of enjoying doing that. Now, here's the cool thing: on our new website, it's all going to be linked together—Facebook, Twitter, and 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 the uh, and the, the God Whispers website. We are going first class. Here. Wow. Wow, we're going to have it all so, in one. So, when we post the new show, it'll tweet automatically and it'll, it'll post on our uh, God Whispers uh, fan club on Facebook. Nice. Very cool. So,
1: looking forward to seeing no all that. No charge. Yeah. And I just went to uh, uh, the Wittenberg Trail and looked at our endless thread. Now, I haven't posted on this thing for at least a month and a half. And we're at. Excuse me here. Ah. A little bit of the hair of the dog that bit you right there. (laughs) Man, I just sprayed the soundboard with that one. (laughs) (laughs) We are up to 9,918 as of the time that we're recording this, and we're recording two weeks in advance right now. So by the time that this airs, I expect us to be over 10,000. I may actually go post a couple hundred myself. Th-
0: thanks largely to the work of one man. <laughs> it, it's truly, you know, it's become a solo. Would that be there. James? Yeah, that would be James.
1: Yeah, James is he's
0: he, quite the he is, he is the quote machine <laughs> in several languages. lapses into Shakespearean English for a while and then moves to the Latin. And uh, it's really, I worry, but I'm not responsible, okay? I, I can't be responsible for adults on... on On our endless thread. They do whatever they're going to do.
1: Wow. It is almost all him.
0: It is. That's crazy. (laughs) Susie's got a few going there. You know, I I mean.
1: James, this is James and Susie's uh, website now. This is all all
0: them. Basically. I've moved moved on to Facebook. and
1: (laughs) and, and, uh, I'm going back three pages, and it's just James and Susie. Oh, wait there's Craig, someone else, another Craig, not me
0: yeah i I've chimed in just to let people know i 'm still alive and uh, and looking in, but i don't know, holy smokes, yeah, James, seek help <laughs> seek help, James yeah, right just back away from the keyboard
1: <laughs> although here's a great picture of a mouse hanging over a a, a mouse trap he's kind of got the uh Mission Impossible, you have Rig, to go in there. It's you know, pretty cool. I
0: don't, I don't really do much on the Wittenberg Trail uh, because I face, I become a Facebook addict. Yeah, me too. Um, it's, I, I'm, I'm, I feel really bad about this. This is not something that I'm, I'm really proud of. But, but uh, it's like all new things. I, I've just got to kind of play around with it. But uh, you got to wonder what the Wittenberg Trail, the the normal people on that thing think there are normal people when you look when you when you look at the activity at <laughs> 9 out of 10 entries are on this endless thread <laughs> that's just gone on and on define normal
1: what well, you, you can't it's relative ah i see i'm back about 8 pages now and there's one or two other names that pop up but mm-hmm. this
0: is this is insane. I'm feeling kind of personally responsible this for the well-being crazy. of another human being. <laughs> uh, the Internet life, you never know what you're dealing with. Be careful out there. Right. You know, do, do. Tweet, tweet safely. <laughs> you know, the, the Internet is just like, it's like a really bad neighborhood, where, you know, everything is fine until, it, until the, the sharks smell weakness. And then they just all descend all at once. It, 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 this, this represents, I think you could demonstrate original sin uh, just from examples on the internet alone.
1: Well. The total, depravity, wh- the de- total
0: depravity of man. Depends
1: the- on what websites you're frequenting there, Bill.
0: Well, <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm speaking. Oh, there you go. Now that one's all over your book. <laughs> Now you went to some church planting uh, conference, didn't you? The, that, pa- the pause the, that uh, refreshes. A diet the, coke. We're effervescing hasten, there. Uh, you know. Yes, I did. I, I
1: went to a uh, the church planting assessment center where I was assessed. How did it go? It went really well. I was really pleased. Truly. You know, I I went with the assumptions. And were, I'm glad that they were false assumptions. That uh,
0: <laughs> do you have any others?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I went Cheap shot. thinking that I was going to get filled with Willow Creek and Saddleback kind of stuff, right. and, and people saying, you know, you gotta, you gotta be more like them and everything. And and we're looking with South Orange County Outreach to actually plant a church in Rick Warren's backyard, and and in that town, Rancho Santa Margarita there.
0: Now, there there isn't any Lutheran presence there at all, is there?
1: Well, there's an extremely left Elka church.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't uh, aware but of But it's a, one of
1: those her church type things from what I understand. Oh, no kidding. Well, not quite that far, but yeah. It's, it's, wow. I guess it's pretty far left. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but this is what I'm told. Uh, and I went to this thing, and uh, I presented a model for doing a liturgical confessional church plant, something that Pat Kyle and I have worked out together. And they loved it. They they completely loved it. And this is a, a community that would start out worshiping from the get-go, start out with house churches. And we would start with something like evening suffrages, work through the catechism. And then when uh, people were catechized to a point, we might incorporate a divine service uh, when you had a pastor available. For communion and that sort of thing. And then once you get a critical mass, you start a weekly worship service. So it's not a conventicle or anything like that because you've got the pastor there and everything. Right.
0: And of course. Although the early conventicles had the pastor. I did not know that. Yeah, Spainer's conventicles, is churches within the church, um, those were pastor run. Those were not lay run. Um, but they were like the pastor's inner circle. They, they, they were the they ah. were the they were the true believers amongst the uh, the hoi polloi.
1: Well, God willing, everyone who would attend this would be in the pastor's inner circle. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. You're, you're going to start out with a couple dozen. <laughs> but people, you're you're actually you know? looking about a nucleus of a congregation. Right. You're you're, right. you're seeding a congregation. Right, yeah. yeah. That's different.
1: Well, and even Luther was not opposed to this kind of thing in Volume fifty three of Luther's works with. the uh, the uh, that volume on liturgy and hymnody and everything he seems to. Talk
0: That's an odd paragraph. I know. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. That's where he talks about if you got some genuine Christians together, you 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 know. He just envisions some kind of ad hoc meeting. It it almost reads like a Quaker meeting or something. I don't know what he had in mind.
1: Well, I kind of view that as uh, Rod Rosenblatt's back deck back in the day or you uh, know, Friday yeah, well, night.
0: I, Everyone gets together and talks theology and he, smokes cigars. But. Yeah, well. Okay, I'm not enough said on that, but but uh, I, I, you know I read I, I forgot who it was, but I've read some critiques of that, and they said you know uh, for <laughs> all the print that's been spilled, the ink that's been spilled over that paragraph, that never ever came to realization in Lutheranism. That Lutheranism went either two ways. It went it went the Latin Mass and sort of uh, quote unquote high church, although that's a wrong term to use in Lutheranism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, the, it, it went the way of the Latin Mass and staying very close to the the Western Canon, or it went the way of the 1526 German folk Mass. You know, the the a folk Mass probably the wrong word, but the, the 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 German service that used hymn paraphrases for the ordinaries. Hmm. But um, it never really developed much beyond that. that. that's that's the way Lutheranism went on this kind of two track approach uh, into the 17th century. Now it sounds like what you're saying, though, is that you're starting a church from the get-go, being a worshiping community, right? Yeah. Learning liturgical behavior, uh-huh. and uh, all the while being catechized into the divine service that that would get going as soon as possible. Correct, amundo. Yeah, cool. And yeah.
1: and now uh, they thought this was they, the, they thought that it was it was brilliant and. Oh, Nice. Gosh. There's the doorbell right there. <laughs> Somebody should lending have lending about that lend,
0: one. lending that that ambiance. That um, and now Paula's got to take the dog outside <laughs> so she can go answer the door. Wow. This is this is got this is God Whisperers unplugged. Now let's. I see, love this. This is what Let's see makes what th-
1: neighbor comes in. Is it Kramer? Well, Kramer. <laughs> <do>? <laughs> yeah, it
0: sure is. Oh, there it's we go. a delivery.
1: What kind of delivery could we be receiving today? What are we getting? Maybe it's my drugs. <laughs> could be my drugs. I get
0: my, I get my drugs by by mail.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the only way to go. That's a great, get, it's a great deal. You get three deal. months at a time. You get
0: three months at a pop. I mean, it's
1: just it's, yeah, it's my, the way my to go. my doctor's been out of shape at, with me right now because, you know, he writes three refills for three months, and I'm supposed to go and get my blood checked every three, six months, you know, for my cholesterol and all that. But he doesn't see me uh, for you know <laughs> nine months at a time. Is now. that He's from the Schwag store? No, this is from. It's a cafe press <laughs> box, but it's from the Denofrio store. Oh,
0: you have a, you? Oh man, nah. I've, I've got my own. Are uh, you undercutting the GW Schwag store? No, no, no. This is
1: actually m- my brother's birthday was last week, yeah. and it's actually some stuff with a family uh, crest on it. Oh,
0: it's, oh, you actually have a Denofrio? Yeah,
1: a few few coasters and a mug, and you know a
0: few other things. I do the same, but we don't we have no crest <laughs> we, our family has no history wow yeah no it's it's rough although the german side of the family goes i think my uncle took it back to like the 12th century he was he was looking for nobility Nice. He failed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Now, my family actually conquered an area of Egypt during the Crusades. What they were doing in Egypt, I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, They They were uh, vacationing at the time. That (laughs) area worshipped a god named Onofre, as I understand. No. And so D'Onofrio, or D'Onofrio, of the Onofre's. And my my contention is that the area that my people conquered consisted of an old man, his three daughters, and a goat. That's kind of, and and it took about 200 of us to take them.
0: So that's, (laughs) yeah. That's, well, yeah. I, I tell you that that's some some things about your family history you just don't want to know. Yeah, and and yeah. Um,
1: my mom's side was mostly horse thieves. And
0: <laughs> right, exactly. That's where my <laughs> uncle kind of got cut short. Yeah, they have good records in Germany from baptismal records, all the old churches, so you can you can go back and find out, find out you know who begets so and so. Yeah, they like their lists in Germany they, very much. So <laughs> they they are very orderly in that way, and and. Uh, but he he just did not find anything notable. I, I think some minor nobility, maybe, but uh, mostly just pig farmers in Bavaria. So beautiful. What can you say? Yeah. so well. That's uh, it. Helps it 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 just like knowing your Myers Briggs letters. It helps understand helps you understand who you are and where you came from. <laughs> so, but anyway, you are going to plant a church uh, in a liturgical confessional sort of manner. We'll see. And we'll see. Uh, but you have the blessings of the powers that be. Um, the so-called pillars, I, as, as Paul you know, says in I Galatians, I have the
1: uh, kind of the beginner's credentials at this point, I guess you could say, to do this. You are a, a church planner on training wheels, yeah, more or less. Ah, okay. and, you know, I have to get a mentor and all oh, this
0: a other mentor. Stuff, I Can guess, I be your mentor? Uh, <laughs> have you ever planted a church? Not at all. Then no, no. Okay, all right. You, know, you were my mentor once already. I was in a, a very unpleasant summer. That, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> This guy's crazy, oh, yeah. Yeah. folks. He's nuts. I am, I am. So let's talk about the uh, Holy Supper. Oh, is of our that Lord. what we're doing? I'd like to.
1: I, we're fifteen minutes in, right? That's not bad. That's right on schedule now. And some people are saying, "Would you just get to it already?" So let's All right. do that.
0: Well, we're going to read it twice. Once, once in the 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 German translation, and then in the Latin. Okay, uh, I'll I'll read the top one. It is taught among us that the true body and blood of Christ are really present in the supper of our Lord under the form of bread and wine, and are there distributed and received. The contrary doctrine is therefore rejected.
1: I'll read the other one here. I, I have the reader's edition here. Oh, okay. Uh, our, t- our churches teach that the body and blood of Christ are truly present and distributed to those who eat the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians ten sixteen. They reject those who teach otherwise. Now that's pretty profound. <laughs> it's about <laughs> as basic as it gets. This, this is one of those things where you just don't want to say too
0: much. You know, yeah, that's, that's right. I think yes. this, is great, this is the great problem in, uh, in, in the whole history of the Lord's Supper is saying too much or too little right you have you have a four times repeated institution, Matthew, Mark Luke, and Paul in first corinthians eleven and uh, that 's all you 're given to say now there 's plenty of stuff there, so you can 't say less than that but but that defines the boundary to go beyond that is just to open up just total mischief, <laughs> total mischief
1: so you you, you you kind of brought this up, so I want to ask you about this. I think we've talked about this before, but I, I want to come back around to this. There are the Roman Catholics that have their doctrine of transubstantiation. That kind of came out of a debate in the Middle Ages between Redbertus and Retramnus, if I remember right.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm glad you. I'm, I, you know, I was trying. To, I was trying to remember who it was. So yeah. thank you. Can you do you know do you know which is which? I think Retramnus w-
1: had the view that's very similar to ours, if I remember. I think Redbertus won the day. Won the day, but I. Probably have it backwards
0: because because I mean and and also I believe Wycliffe uh, held to a kind of a symbolic understanding. Hmm. I did but, not know but that. But the point the point I think and it's an important one is you don't see um, symbolic understandings of the Lord's Supper before you know, th- before the second era. millennium. Yeah. Well, no, you know, about uh, 1100, 1200, somewhere you start seeing some speculations. Now, Augustine, mm. Augustine, um, does have a kind of a, what it's a sign theory, a signum right. theory,
1: the race signum thing.
0: Yeah. Sig, the signum race signata. So you have the sign, which is a lower level thing and the race signata, the thing signified, that's the higher spiritual <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Augustine gets this from his Neoplatonism because he used to be a dualist as a Manichaean. And the way out of dualism is is Neoplatonism, I suppose. And and so he has this theory about how the sacraments work and they work as signs of things signified. Now, that's probably closer to a Calvinist understanding yeah, yeah. than it is any sort of symbolic notion uh, or spiritualized notion. But you, you don't really see... And especially in the liturgies or any official teachings, you don't see anything like this until the 11th, 12th century where, where uh, people start speculating on, on how... This works, and and you know then then the, it, the fourth ladder in council is the one that I think pins down transubstantiation, just to kind of silence all the speculation.
1: And and it seemed to be very politically driven. The whole debate, also.
0: Well, most councils have have yeah, political overtones too, but but uh, and that's that's what the Lutherans inherited. Um, and just just to kind of uh, recap it here, you know, transubstantiation means kind of what it says. It's it's a change in substance. That, uh, and that's Aristotelian metaphysics, really, um, kind of bad Aristotle, but it's, it is Aristotelian metaphysics that that bread uh, consists both of its substance, that is the what, what makes bread bread, and its accidents, that is the outward properties that you perceive. Right. Um, and so the theory is that the substance is changed invisibly. You can't see it, but the accidents remain the same, and the same with the wine. And so you have, a, you have a change in substance without a change in a, outward accidents or properties. And this serves to explain how the bread is the body of Christ, the wine is the blood of Christ. Hmm.
1: We have several, or a few different understandings of the Lord's Supper that seem to be prevalent today. There's that transubstantiation, there's another one that's consubstantiation, that is, you know, with substance, and so... Uh, the body and the blood and the bread and the wine together with. And a lot of people think that we have the consubstantiation point and, and that that describes Lutheranism. Uh, I think it just says too much. That's more than what we want to say about it. What, what's your take on that?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. L- let me just mention <clears throat> one thing here first is with regard to transubstantiation, I find it interesting that Melanchthon doesn't even bother to talk about it in this article. Yeah. You notice it's, yeah. no, there's, there's not a thing. There's a little bit, there's a hint of, of, um, of a, a, a kind of corrective here where he talks about um, the form of bread and wine. That the the true body and blood of Christ are present, uh, that's in the German version, under the form of bread and wine. So he acknowledges the bread and wine as continuing to exist as bread and wine. Mm -hmm. It it mimics the catechism, the 1528-29 catechism, where it's the true body and blood under bread and wine. Hmm. under of course, the preposition under implying hidden, so the true body and blood are hidden uh under the form of bread and wine and are there with the bread and wine are there distributed and received so subtly he is he is rejecting any theories, including transubstantiation, but he doesn't really mention it in any way. I think the only time it comes up is, is uh, in the, in the uh, small called articles, and then later in the formula, uh, where Luther in the small called articles basically calls it philosophical sophistry or something, and, and just, you know, it's basically a case of saying too much, like you said, and, and that, now, consubstantiation is a Cook term. Okay. And I don't know who cooked it, but but it's always it's a term that's that's always thrown at Lutherans usually by Calvinists. Right, right. That that the, to identify or to label our understanding.
1: Now isn't the Eastern Orthodox understanding kind of consubstantiation or
0: is it not the Eastern Orthodox is like so many things in Eastern Orthodoxy very undefined. Um, <laughs> they will talk about a change. They they will speak of the bread being changed into the body of Christ, but they will decline to say how. You know, in the Western Church, we've and had. I, I would add that that's we are probably very very close uh, in the way we describe this the the, the nature of the Lord's Supper. I, in my opinion, and people may differ here, but um, the. the the nature of the Lord's Supper with us in the Eastern Orthodox is very, very similar. Yeah. Just simply declining uh, to explain how,
1: willing to accept the mystery.
0: Yeah, basically just confessing it and right. and and receiving it as such. Um, of course, our differences will come in in terms of uh, the 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 Lord's Supper. As, as our action and sacrifice, God's action, Christ's mm-hmm. sacrifice. There are other things there. But when you're just talking about the nature of it, I think they come very close. Now, now people who are more um, studied on Eastern Orthodoxy might be able to, to find a difference. But I, I'm, I don't think there is one. I was about to make a point that the
1: Western church has had a lot of controversy over the years. And as the controversies arrive arise, we've had to define our theology You know, Christology, our understanding of Christology rose out of a lot of controversy. Our canon of Scripture rose out of controversy and so forth and so on. I think that after the split of the East and the West, the Eastern Church just didn't seem to have as much controversy. Is that a fair thing to say, do you think?
0: Well, I think, you know, their problem was mostly war with with the Muslims. Yeah. Um,
1: they and, didn't have enough time to just sit around and and you know argue about theology.
0: It, it's a it's a different it's a different um, it's a different history of, of Christianity East and West. Uh, in the East, it it it's it's localized and and carried in national churches where you have a high degree of uniformity mm-hmm. within national groups, and, and it's very deeply embedded in the culture uh in the west it, it's there's a lot of um there's a lot of missionary activity and and the conversion of like in northern Europe you know all the the tree huggers and nature worshippers <laughs> in northern Europe or in Ireland and things like that and and so it's it's just a different a very different history and as you say I think there's much more there's much more doctrinal uh speculation and and tugs of war going on in the West than in the east. It and um, I'm not be, sure why.
1: Maybe there was more openness also in the West and the East. You know, in Eastern Orthodoxy, you just don't screw with the liturgy. Don't even touch it. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't look at it funny. It, it is what it is and leave it alone.
0: Well, it, you know, I mean, it's defined by a certain period. And so you take Byzantine Christianity and, and just make that the, the gold standard and the reference and that's it. Yeah. Um, and you, there's a good point. I mean, the liturgy does conserve the doctrine. Um, I have known people uh, personally who have come to uh, what we would consider a Lutheran understanding of the Lord's Supper simply by immersion in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were going to Protestant charismatic even, uh, uh schools. Uh, the one I'm thinking of was oral Roberts university, which is about, that's going to be as far removed from Lutheran doctrine as you can get. And yet I have known people who've come to confess and hold to the real presence of the body and blood of Christ by attending, um, kind of historic liturgical services that were conducted there by, by, uh, Uh, professor pastor professors who were knowledgeable of history Hmm. and so confronted with the 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 confession of the sacrament as the liturgy delivered it they could they couldn't fight that because it was it was totally consonant with the scriptures right Right. And and so they came to this understanding quite apart from you know, reading controversial books or studying systematic theologies on the sacraments or, or, you know, reading Aquinas or whatever, just simply by attending Friday evening Eucharists using historic liturgy.
1: That's one of the things that I really like about the new hymnal is that. We have the references where these things come from in the hymnal. Yeah, yeah you know, I do the, too. That... What what Bible verse this is that we're praying here, and and that we're speaking responsively, and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, Lutheran Service Book was 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 intentional about <clears throat> uh, showing that the liturgy is is either directly the word of God or allusions to it Mm -hmm. and therefore making it also a teaching text. You could, you could teach theology as it was kind of, it'd be like the, the, the mystagogical uh, catechesis of uh, Cyril of Jerusalem where he unpacks the liturgy, as a narrative of salvation. Yeah. And so each, each thing that they experience and hear in the liturgy becomes a touchstone for teaching the faith. I, I think it probably works very well with your church plant idea, <laughs> you know, to use the liturgy as, as a primary right.
1: teaching tool. Right, absolutely. I love Cyril of Jerusalem. I remember I went on a Calvary Chapel cruise with my parents, sat on deck, drank gin and tonics, and read Cyril of Jerusalem.
0: We need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> There's a weird juxtaposition it was, there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's basically just to tweak the fundy. But nice. Anyway, we'll be back after these messages. Welcome back to the God Whisperers. I'm Craig Denofrio and I'm Bill Swirla. We're talking about the Lord's Supper. We sure are. It's good stuff. <laughs> Big fan. The bread of life. Hey, when we left off, we were talking about transubstantiationism, consubstantiationism. What other views are there
0: out there? Well, I think probably the most prevalent is the one... Well, that's the one you you uh, yeah. are, were immersed in most, I think, in your early Christian life. Well, I'd in,
1: say most prevalent in America.
0: Yeah. Not, not Not historically and not worldwide. You know what?
1: Not even the most prevalent in America because between... Lutherans and Calvinists and Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox, we, we still have the majority of Christendom.
0: Confessing the real presence of the body and blood of Christ. In one way or in another. In one way or another. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. You know, it, it's, really, it's really easy, I think, um, and I, to, to say that, that the majority view is that it's uh, some kind of um, metaphorical or symbolical uh, thing, which is really uh, Yeah, Ulrich Swingley, the Swiss reformer, is probably the most um, influential uh, of the reformers, even though i, I don 't think that his his view is very unsophisticated and, and in, in fact it, it involves a lot of uh, what I would call tap dancing to try to get it right um, because you know he, he had this, uh, this this complex theory of loyasis where one thing actually stands for another. Um it's it's just pure figure of speech, yeah, so so the bread is 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 it stands for the body of Christ. Uh, the wine stands in place of the blood of christ and and it's it's treated uh, really at, it pretty much as, as a raw symbol i I don't even
1: now I studied uh, I had a class at seminary called uh, Zwingli and the Radicals was the name of the class. and uh, I still don't even understand why Zwingli insisted on this point of view. Uh, it just seemed like he was being stubborn
0: and difficult, but I, I, I really don't understand. Do you know what was behind that? Well, why is always a hard question. You know, historians are always going to debate the motives or the intentionalities behind people, and that'll, that'll you know, guarantee at least a few Ph.D. theses and some books. <laughs> uh, Swingley obviously was very politically anti-Roman. Okay. Uh, You know, I mean, he died on the battlefield. Right. And uh, a lot, you know, a lot in the Reformation can be understood about what one's orientation was toward the papacy. And whether you treated it as an ad hominem or an ad rem, Uh, whether you were against the papacy in, in an ad hominem way, and that is you were against the Pope and the papal church as simply being false through and through, or whether you were against the, the teachings or some of the teachings of the papal church, which was really the Lutheran position. Luther was unique among the reformers in that he wouldn't make moral arguments about the papacy, and he wouldn't basically rule out the papal church as entirely heretical, uh, he he saw it as as a mixed bag of true and false doctrine wound together and you had to be very careful as you tweezed it apart
1: yeah although he was given to some pretty strong ad hominems uh, against the pope and other things he i remember one place he calls him an ass pope and some other stuff like yeah
0: that, well and, and you know that's that's kind of the way they the, that's that's the way they talked i mean the the harshest criticism of the papacy was to call it the antichrist right and and but that that wasn't intended as an ad hominem that wasn't name calling that was that was um that was a, an assessment of the description of uh you know kind of a an aggregate description of the a- antichrist from the new testament and uh, held against the papal claims well that whole
1: ex cathedra thing uh certainly Causes some consternation. Well, wasn't
0: that later, though? I, I think the infallibility of the papacy is a 19th century doctrine. That, that was a, there were a flurry of doctrines that came in response to uh, the Enlightenment and rationalism and things like that. Uh, Luther and Lutheran, the Lutherans never had to deal with papal infallibility. They had to deal with. Um, the notion that the pope was the one true head of the church, under whom all Christians must be in order to be saved—that—that uh, was that was, uh, that was in, uh, uh, issued in in a bull from from Boniface uh, that went back uh, centuries before. But I, I don't I don't recall there being any any invocation of papal infallibility here, so much as as the authority of the keys uh, trickled down directly from the papacy.
1: Yeah, you're right. Actually. Uh as I have it here, it, it was basically defined in the First Vatican Council,
0: 1870. Oh, Swirla so, scores. Yeah. He shoots Good and shot. scores. All right, we, we need some applause. We need, we need to inject applause <laughs> now. Nice. But, no, that, that, that's a response to rationalism and, and the Enlightenment and all these challenges. It's kind of interesting, actually, just as a little sidelight, papal infallibility and biblical inerrancy— uh, are articulated about the same time. That that's a Protestant version of papal infallibility. If you don't have an infallible Pope, then you needed an infallible and an errant Bible. Hmm. Uh, over and against rationalism and uh and, and and the likes, which was which were rationalism was questioning the the authority of the scriptures uh, to speak on issues and and you know the the whole thing. You're laughing and I know what you're laughing at. That's keep going. You're laughing at common household noises. Yes, I am. Which probably nobody but you have just heard. No, no <laughs> one heard it. If if you
1: if you rewind this and listen real carefully, you might hear something.
0: <laughs> You'll hear the slamming of a toilet lid. I believe. Was, was that what I heard?
1: And a, and the flush. A flush. Nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the ensuing shut up. <laughs> Uh, recording at the kitchen table—the way the way it should be. You know, I mean, <laughs> who needs professionalism? But uh, the the Swingleyan view, and and Luther and Swinly debated uh, at in Marburg at uh, in 1528, and and there there was lengthy dialogue between between the Swiss reformers and the Germans. Over uh, a variety of issues, and what was interesting is when they issued their final summary statement, uh, they could agree on everything except one. Except one thing, right. and that was the, very, the nature of the Lord's supper, right. and that that was that's where Luther wrote uh, the words, "This is my body," uh, you know, in the on the table. Carved it in? Uh, I don't know if he carved it or if he wrote it in chalk or something. I the story and, is that he used his knife, but I don't yeah, know. I, whatever, but but I mean, he wrote it on the table, and and, and his point was, you start here you start with the words that Christ said over the bread uh, on the night he was betrayed. And because uh, Swingley was going all over the map and especially he was going to John six. Right. And uh, that has its own legacy, you know, because Swingley was going, and I'm, I'm going to scroll down here just to get the, the passage. Swingley's key passage uh, that he would use was, uh, and it's ironic because when you read John six, I mean, you, you get this strong impression that uh, the, this, is, this is a teaching on the Lord's Supper. I'm the bread of life. The bread. bread that I give is my flesh for the life of the world. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life in him. Uh, you know, How can you not conclude Lord's Supper? But ironically, uh, it was John 6, 63 that Swingly liked, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is of no avail. Gnostic. Yeah, and so he uses that completely out of context to interpret um, the, the words of institution in a sort of spiritual way. <clears throat> So when Christ says one thing, he means the other thing.
1: Yeah. The, the problem, one of the
0: <clears throat> big problems, excuse me, is that uh,
1: this is Jesus's last testament here. And this is not a time when somebody is given to speaking figuratively and that sort of thing, especially in the context of which he's speaking. He's not speaking in highly poetic form or anything like that. So you have that issue at hand. Now, we Lutherans might be wrong on the Lord's Supper. We might actually have this what are you, wrong. What do you say? <laughs> but th- this is something my, you know, my old friend who's a Calvinist and, and he and I were haggling back and forth on the Lord's Supper. And I said, you know, on judgment day, if I'm standing before God, I'm going to have an awful lot to answer for. But if he says, why did you tell everyone that that's my body and blood? And why did you say that it's for the forgiveness of sins? I said, on this point alone, I can look at God in the eye and say, because you said so. <laughs> and, and maybe I'm an idiot for taking you literal, but I took you at your word. I said, but on the other hand, you and your ascending and descending from heaven and earth, and we go to heaven and commune there and then come back down and all this stuff that's not even found in the Bible. If you're standing before God on the last day and he says, I told you clearly, this is my body and this is my blood. Why did you tell everyone else that it isn't? What's your answer going to be? At which point he got in his car and drove away. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you, you a, know. that's a so,
0: buzzkill right there.
1: So we may be wrong, and if we're wrong, at least we're wrong on the side of the Word of God.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, the, 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 it's kind of a question of, first of all, you have four accounts. They're related. Matthew and Mark are, are kind of parallel when you right. put them side by side. And Luke and Paul in 1 Corinthians are kind of parallel when you put them side by side. And not only that, but you have very different origins for these texts. You have Matthew, Mark, and Luke in the synoptic tradition, each writing within their own context. And then you have Paul. And see, I love the fact that the fourth uh, account of the institution of the Lord's Supper is not in John. It would really mess this, things up if it was in John because then you would just have simply four embedded in gospel narratives. Mm. But the, the fourth one is really the oldest written one, and that's the one that's 1 Corinthians 11. And Paul was not at that table on the night that our Lord was betrayed. But he says in 1 Corinthians 11, I handed on to you what I received from the Lord. Right. So one has to surmise that that Paul was taught this in some direct conversation between him and the risen Christ and who knows what that Damascus road experience was all about i mean that's yeah. that's packed full of stuff you know uh, people just heard a thunder it was paul who understood the voice uh, but i have to assume that somewhere in all of this that the lord himself has given paul it's almost like a re reinstitution or a retranslation or a, a restatement of this. So so this is what's cool. Historically, Matthew, Mark and Luke record what happened the night in the upper room on the night Jesus was betrayed before his death. Paul records an independent institution from the Lord himself that he hands on that in many ways clarifies uh, what Matthew Mark and Luke are saying in their in their gospel narratives and places it not in the historic context of of Jesus death but in this context of the church mm. that is this is this is something that the Corinthians mm. are doing in an ongoing way and we 're doing kind of shabbily but but they this was key it was key to their worship and their identity their life right
1: I, I find it uh, when we talk about the representative or symbolic version of this, the Zwinglian version, or what has evolved out of the Zwinglian version, that for 1,500 years, the church understood that Christ is present in one way or another. And finally now, in the 1500s, the truth has finally arisen, and Christ isn't actually there. And uh, I've seen this played out in some of the fundamentalist fund- churches that I used to belong to, or at least attend. That pastors would actually stand up and say, on the night that our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and said, this represents my body. Mm -hmm. And they they start interjecting the represents in there. It's not in the text, you know, and it's just maddening.
0: Well, you know, there's a couple of things you got to think about one, one, and Joachim Yeremius is, is the man on the Eucharistic words of Jesus. That's a great book. It's a classic. Yeremias, the Eucharistic words of Jesus. But you know, he points out that in all likelihood, Jesus at that table, uh, celebrating the Passover uh, is speaking in Aramaic. So he doesn't even say Is. Because is is not <laughs> part of the sentence construction. It'll so just be my body. So yeah, he uh, he reconstruct. We can reconstruct that sentence in Aramaic. However, that's almost irrelevant because it, that's not the text that we're using. We're using the text of the evangelist right. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and Saint Paul, and all of them use the word is in in in. Translating and replaying that event each in their own way, but all of them use that word "This is my body," they use esteen in there, even though that's not entirely necessary in a, in the construct of a greek sentence they mm-hmm. could have they could have just simply done a trans uh, a very literal translation, but it seems and and i have, you know i 'm qualifying it because I, you don't have this you don't have this pinned down, but it seems as though the evangelists are being hyper-certain that you understand the impact of this, you know, that if you, just leave, if you just left is out, then you could fill in the blank with whatever you want. Right. Now, in English, we have to say is. I, you know, do we really?
1: On the night our Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, this he is my bread, and, and when he broke it, he said, my body. This do we have to add
0: the? Other yeah, you have this? to have, have a this. Have have yeah, a because this? because he's emphatically pointing to something. Yeah. Um,
1: All right. So my English not so well.
0: Hutos estin to mu. And and what's what's cool about that is that that it's it does not agree with bread, but it agrees with body. Right. Yeah. You know, if the hutos this um, uh, were were to agree with bread, it, it would have come out. You know, with a with a, with a masculine. Because Soma is neuter. And, and uh, that's kind of interesting because the one thing is obvious that it's bread, another thing is not obvious that it's, it's Christ's body. Right. You know, which is why the, the, the Eastern Church calls these things mysteria, uh, mysteries. Um, the, the, the reality is hidden under what you see. And that's why I think the, the Lutheran formulation is accurate uh, the body and blood of Christ really present under. Hidden under the form of bread and wine. Now, when we when we elaborate uh, in the in the formula, we we get the classic in with and under. Yeah, I <laughs> think you had to memorize that too. I'm sure. Yeah, kind of that,
1: that that was actually a little unfortunate because it gets redundant and says a little too much sometimes.
0: And actually, I disagree. Um, I, I think I think it says exactly what is is trying to convey, and that is under says it's hidden. You cannot see it. You must hear it and believe it. Um, with basically says th- is, that's location or, or with sa- No, I, I correct that. With tells us that bread still is bread. Cause here's the thing about it is the bread is the body and the body is bread. Now Rome can't run that sentence the other way. Rome can only run it one way. Bread is body. They cannot run it the other way. Body is bread.
1: Why is that so important?
0: Um I think because well for a number of reasons one one if 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 it if it weren't you you wouldn't eat it you know can you imagine if the if if the bread actually uh you know appeared as as the flesh of Christ then the command take and eat is going to be a, a bigger leap <laughs> um, the other thing is it unplugs um it would unplug the uh the sacrament from the fullness of the biblical teaching of bread
1: Now as I understand it Luther didn't have I mean Transubstantiation to him was just kind of goofy, as Saying I understand Saying too much. It. Saying yeah.
0: Just, 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 uh, it, but, but actually not as bad as swingly. He, not right. as bad as swingly. Right. So at least, at least these people
1: are recognizing the body and blood of Christ. I think Luther would say, well, you got that much going right. for you, which is good. That's why, that's why it's and,
0: not an issue here. And in, that
1: there's forgiveness associated with this in one way or another.
0: Right. That, that's why in the Augsburg Confession, Melanchthon doesn't even go near it. It was just a little bit of a hint. Right. Uh, but he doesn't address, and he doesn't address it in the in the apology either. It's it's just not there.
1: So Rome had their own group of abuses and offenses when it came to the Lord's Supper. We had the Corpus Christi pre- processions. We had, uh, you know, people adoring and praying to the
0: the remnants
1: that were left over,
0: and-, and and all of that flows out of transubstantiation. That if you if you believe that the bread has been changed into the body of Christ. Um, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. Let me let me correct that. Um, it flows out of transubstantiation plus uh, going beyond the mandate of the words. I mean, what, what do the words tell you to do with the body and blood of Christ? Eat and drink. End of discussion. Right. That's it. That's, that's pretty much for my remember game right there. Yeah. Um, and so beyond that, there is no promise. There is no word. There is nothing. There is dead silence. I don't know if I told you this story. I was in Connecticut when I
1: was out there. I was at the hospital. I used to hang out with Brother Paul, who was uh, a monk, who was one of the chaplains. (laughs) And uh, really a good guy and and fun to talk to. And we were talking about this. And I said, you know, I understand that uh, in the olden days, people used to... You know, they'd kind of pocket the the leftovers, the remnant, and take it home and bury it in their garden to make their flowers grow better and that sort of thing. You know, it's like this is silly, you know. It's not even given for that. He goes, "I do that." I'm like,
0: "Oh, oh no, really? Busted!"
1: <laughs> it's like, "Oh, busted!" I feel like an idiot. There is not, al- as, not as much of an idiot as you should feel like right th- now. There is
0: always is- a razor <laughs> hair man. The line is really fine between sacrament and superstition. Yeah, and what defines the line? The word. The word. That, right. You know, if you go beyond the word, you are, you are going to wall straight into man-made superstition. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, that inevitably happens. Now, the danger, of course, is when you're immersed in superstition and you decide you want to get out of it, then you throw everything away. Yeah. See, and, and that was, that was the whole nature of the radical reformation is, is, uh, just be done with all this hocus pocus entirely. And it, this is just a, a symbolic meal to bring forth the memory of Christ's death and to participate in it, you know, in, in some sort of metaphorical way. Well, Luther had to
1: deal with this in his own circles with people going too far and throwing the baby out with the bathwater like Karlstad, mm-hmm. you know, he, 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 Luther is off at the Verburg and, 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 uh, you know, Carlstadt's left behind. He's running amok, you know, he's breaking the stained glass windows and tipping over statues and all sorts of crazy stuff. And Luther's got to come back and spank this guy and say, Hey, take it easy there. You know, this is, this is still good stuff. There's still a lot of valuable stuff to be had in the church that we've known for hundreds of years, you know, don't, don't, don't go so far so fast,
0: especially. I, I, I was just thinking, uh, d- just so we don't lose it, I, we have one more preposition. It, this is not part of the Augsburg Confession, but it is part of classical Lutheranism from the formula "in with and under." We we did we did with. Okay. That is, the two coexist side by side. Right. And if you want the biblical proof of that, just read 1 Corinthians 11, how Paul can go back and forth between body and bread and cup and blood, right. all the way through the passage, yeah. all the way through. Um, and and so, so, with is side by side, under tells you it's hidden. So, so there's, there are things you can perceive, bread and wine. There are things you cannot perceive. They must be, they must be revealed by the word. And then there's in. And in is location, and, and I think that's that's vitally important too. Where is the body of Christ for you to eat, in the bread? Right. Where where is the blood of Christ for you to drink in the cup? And and so that the, the, I think the in prevents a spiritualization, or, or uh, you know, just having sort of uh, having body and blood somewhere else. But they're on the altar or they're in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the key. So we have to be careful as Lutherans. We don't just talk about real presence, we talk about the real presence of the body and the blood of Christ in with and under the bread and the wine. That's For that's the forgiveness of sins. And more.
1: Y- yeah. Uh, it, this brings up a whole other question. What do we do with the leftovers?
0: Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> classical Lutheran practice was to consume everything yep. reverently. Um I've been a little loopy in the uh,
1: reception line before because uh mm. I've uh I've received a little too much of the remnant wine on an empty stomach.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, the, the, yeah, yeah, it's not always good wine either. No. The 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 other the other practice is to uh is to uh reverently uh pour it out on the ground. Uh, some churches actually have uh sinks that are plumbed specially mm-hmm. so that they don't return to the sewer system but return to the ground. I, my vicarage congregation had one. The name the name of that is a piscina.
1: Yeah, if I were to design my own church, I'd
0: have one of those. Yeah. Um, I have done a little bit of reading, uh, Peter Brunner, uh, worship in the name of Jesus has, has a good, good couple of pages on that. And, and he points out that there, there have been Luther, there, there are Lutheran, uh, regions and congregations back in the Reformation day that might reserve for the next Lord's Supper. Mm. Um, one thing that was not done was to treat it in such a way as, as, as though the bread and the wine were, were ordinary. Or or anything, you know. It's classical Lutheran not to not to say anything mm-hmm. once once the sacrament is over. Once once now it's not to say that it is, and it's not to say that it isn't. We just sort of shut up. This is a real exercise in shutting up. <laughs> um, I I recently thought of an analogy. We treat the bread and the wine with the same reverence and awe and respect as we treat the Blessed Virgin Mary, who as an instrument of the incarnation, uh, you know, by, by by her use as instrument she's holy um however she's she is in in, at the same time she's no uh less a sinner than we are and no less in need of justification than we are but she has this high and honored place for what she what she did and her role in the incarnation this bread and this wine that that has been employed by the lord himself is holy Right, you know, I, right.
1: I like what you're saying about this being an exercise in shutting up. There mm-hmm. are some in our circles that are advocating uh, tabernacles. There are some in our circles that are saying, "Well, uh, once the church is eaten and uh, eaten and drunk, drank, drunk, I can't even talk of the body and blood. It's no longer the body and blood. It's just bread and wine now, and that sort of thing." And I always like to just err on the side of caution here that it's not given us to say when it is no longer the body and blood of Christ, and so we should probably treat it with due respect as something that either has been joined with the body and blood of Christ and is no longer or may still be, and we should just treat it with the respect that that it should have, that Christ has touched these things and they're sacred.
0: Well, yeah, and he's employed them for holy use, therefore they are holy. Yeah, and it's it's a real temptation to try to be definitive there. You don't want to create the impression that the word of God has an expiration date, you know, that it it kind of lasts for 20 minutes and then the magic wears off or something. As soon as you've commune the the old ladies that are still in the pews yeah voila it's it's, just that's that's very unfortunate to 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 say that on the other hand it's it's equally unfortunate to say definitively that uh that beyond eating and drinking we have more to say yeah because and see that's where luther would use this maxima in german it went las das sacrament guns bleiben leave the sacrament whole And that is you do what Christ did, you say what he said, you do what he commands you to do and you don't pull it apart and speculate anywhere. And that's that's what's referred to by the whole action of the sacrament, that bread and wine are taken, consecrated by the words of Christ, distributed and received by communicants, and therefore, you know, you you have the sacrament as Christ instituted. It
1: It goes back to what you were just saying a couple of minutes ago. Christ gave us this gift to eat and drink for the forgiveness of sins, not to dissect and to put under a microscope and a poke and prod and right. do all these other things. Now
0: you know I would. Say you mentioned tabernacles, which is a, which is kind of like it's it's you know it's like the refrigerator of of uh, of, of Eucharistic practice, yeah. but it's a place a place ostensibly to store um, consecrated bread and wine. And uh, according to Brunner, there's no great objection there. I think the problem is wh- is how you do it. I am I, greatly offended, and and we cease the practice of just putting uh, the the leftover. Uh, the leftover consecrated bread into, uh, you know, some Tupperware (laughs) container, some goofy container. Uh, we just consume everything. Um, we do have a second service in Chinese, so it helps because they just carry that over into the second service. Uh, but of course the words of institution are said again, not to, not to redo the magic, so to speak, but those people had not heard those words. But
1: it's said in Chinese.
0: And it's said Chinese too. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, but I could, I could, I could envision perhaps, uh, Uh, Some kind of uh, an appropriate container, uh, you know, what would be called technically a tabernacle, not visibly in the church, but in the sacristy. Uh, which would segregate that from the, just the ordinary common uh, bread and wine that have not been used for holy purposes.
1: Maybe you should put a sign underneath that says, do not worship this box.
0: Yeah, well, by, by getting it out of sight, <laughs> I, I think, see, and that, but that's a good point. Yeah. Because, because I, I, you always have to be on guard against the superstitious use, which may seem so reverent. But at the same time, is so wrong because it goes beyond the words of Christ. And and uh, at Luther, you know, let's face it, Lutherans are neither fish nor fowl. Here, we we occupy a weird middle position between Roman Catholicism and uh, and Protestantism, and that's why nobody wants to play in our sandbox, and we're always arguing with everybody. But there are two ditches in this Lord's Supper road. You know, the one is the ditch of denying the fullness of the gift, the other is the ditch of saying too much and going beyond the mandate to eat and drink.
1: I, I think that that's pretty much sums it up. It is what it is, and don't keep going on it.
0: Just. Yeah, I don't think Lutherans should use as an argument though. Is means is that that's a really that's a really that's not an argument. You haven't proved anything when, when you when you said that. Yeah, but um, Bill Clinton is has really <laughs> helped us with that. That's the one. Bill Clinton defense. <laughs> um, I,
1: I think is doesn't mean is necessarily anymore. So. I,
0: I, I think you have to ask yourself though in all the passages uh, and especially in First Corinthians eleven, if it is merely and nothing more than body uh, than bread and wine. Uh, do these words of the scriptures make sense? Um, you know, and and uh, it, the the idea that people are getting sick and dying in Corinth, and and uh, people are having to examine themselves before they eat and drink. Does any of this make sense if it is not somehow, as Paul says, a participation, a koinonia, in the body and the blood of Christ? I. I think it 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 says what it says. And it, <laughs> and it, it
1: is, is right. what it is. <laughs> and we're out of time. Excellent. We'll see you next time. Jesus is a friend
0: of mine. Jesus is, my friend. Jesus is a friend of my friend of Jesus. Jesus is a friend of mine.